TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to the two guys at a mic show. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Not quite as beautiful as it could have been if the Blackhawks would have scored in overtime last night. But still, a beautiful Thursday. The big dog, Joel Redwanski, and the coach with you. Big dog, today, I know you're not able to view us via the webcast, but today in the studio, we have the uh, young and the restless one out of New Trier High School. He's headed to the University of Missouri. He is Jack Washer, Jack, great to have you part of the program today. Thank you, uh, Coach. Uh, it's great to be on here. Beautiful. Me and Jack. Big Dog, how are you? Big Dog, not on. Not here. I didn't give you the thumbs up. Ah. See, I'm you giving say, the Big Dog his big... you got to check during the okay. theme. Okay. All right. I'll Never give mind. give the thumbs up. As he's there. No thumbs up. Not there. Ladies and gentlemen watching on the uh, webcast, that is the voice. Unfortunately, you can't see him because, really, he's the only good-looking guy on the entire bunch connected with this show. Uh, but he is our producer, David Olson. Thank you very much, informing us that the big dog not on the line. So it is two guys that are Mike Jack Washer and the coach with you up until 12 o'clock. Jack, normally it's a one-hour show on Thursdays. They give us two hours. So uh, excellent, excellent. Lots to talk about. And uh, great that you were able to come in. And we uh, basically, I don't know if you got lost, you got a late start or what, but we had, what, about 95 seconds of pre-prep for this show? <laughs> yeah, just got lost over there on Waukegan Road, you know. Went too far and then went too far again. Can be a tricky <laughs> intersection in your defense too. Road construction is uh, everywhere. It's, I don't yeah. know. You know, I know we got people listening in all different cities uh, via the webcast. Here, our show is emanating out to seven different continents, Jack, and also parts of Naperville and Glen Ellen as well. But here in Chicago, they are basically destroying just about every road that we want to drive on. Yeah, pretty much. You know, makes makes yeah. driving tough. Yeah. All right, tell a little bit about yourself, uh, Jack, and you're wearing the Cubs shirt today, so I'm going to assume a Chicago Cub fan. Indeed, yes, uh, Cubs fan, Blackhawks fan, actually going to Game 5 Sunday. So You're I going like, to Game 5? I am. I hate you already. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, play golf, volleyball at Nutrier, um, going to Missouri, studying journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of what I want to do when I'm older. So All right, very nice. And uh, so, senior. You have officially graduated? I have officially graduated. Ceremonies also. are over? Yep, Sunday was graduation. Wow. Wow, that is cool. High school, senior, graduating, very traumatic, very dramatic experience. Sunday, you said last Sunday was graduation? Yeah, last Sunday. Anything interesting happened? 20 beach balls came up during graduation. Okay. All right. We had, remember, back, remember back in the days, Dave, when streaking was popular? We actually had a streaker post-graduation when everybody was out on the uh, – I went to Nutria West. Everybody was out on the outdoor corridor, and we had it. But you didn't have any streakers at your no, graduation. No, no streakers. That's too bad. 20 balloons, though. Yeah. Not bad. How, was a lot of boring speeches? or? Uh... No, actually, uh, our president was uh, very humorous and made it you know, worthwhile. The president? Yeah. Barack Obama was there? No, our class president. Ah. Thought for a minute, the, the president, because he did a couple of high school uh, graduation, a couple of college graduation speeches, but uh, all right, so you're a class president. And he, yeah. he kept it short and sweet? Short and sweet and fun. Very, very nice. Yeah. There, that, that's a tremendous accomplishment onto the University of Missouri. Very sweet. Uh, 
what what made you want to go to Missouri? Uh, journal the journalism school there. Uh, I've heard from just a lot of people they who have been in the journalism school. They love it and said I should check it out. And you know I mm-hmm. actually for, for four t- four weeks I was actually interning at WGN Radio and talked to a lot of people who went to Missouri there. Uh, and they said they loved it. And, and you know. I could speak from experience uh, myself. Uh, the big dog, my normal partner, hopefully he'll be joining us. David Olson, our producer, we know many, many University of Missouri graduates who speak highly of the School of Journalism. They all are out of work and can't find jobs. <laughs> but they all speak very highly of the four years they spent in Missouri. <laughs> oh, goodness. You want to check in and talk to sports, folks? 888 Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Jackie picked a good day to come in uh, on the sports talk show. There is no lack of things to talk about. And as bad as I want to get into the Blackhawks game, because we are in Chicago, we haven't had a Stanley Cup for a long time, there's a bigger story out there, and it was the perfect game or the almost perfect game yesterday. I'm sure you're aware of paint a picture for the fans uh, that might be in the continent of Africa, possibly in the Mideast listening, that are not aware of what a perfect game is or the rules of baseball. Well, you know, a perfect game is where you get where you face 27 batters, which is nine innings worth of batters, and you get all 27 of them, 27 of them out. And this guy, I honestly think he did it, except for the umpire made the wrong call. And there you go. It's not a perfect game. We have not had three perfect games this year, only two. And just to put in perspective, and again, uh, baseball fans, you watch that play, you want to talk about the umpire's call, the reaction, anything associated to that game. Cubs and or Sox as well. Dial it up. Jack Washer, rare moment in time, sitting in on two guys at a mic. 888 You can also email us at mike2guys at aol.com. That's M-I-C, short for microphone, pretty snazzy, huh? <laughs> and the number two, uh, don't spell it out, mike2guys at aol.com. But Jack, in the history History of baseball, there's been, what, 20 perfect games? Yeah, 20 perfect games. So it is the rarest of rare. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, a no-hitter. And I think we'd be starting off this show with Chicago Blackhawk talk. A no-hitter being ruined. And and that's even debatable. But a perfect game. Only 20. Maybe 21, because all of a sudden this year. Yeah. And, you know, the umpire felt really bad. I mean, you saw... Front page in the sports uh, yep. section. It was the biggest call of my career, and I kicked the. They he bleeped it out. I kicked mm-hmm. the stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. Cost that kid a perfect game. I mean, he's right, but uh, you know, you know, it's a tough call for the umpire. But you know, honestly, if you know if the kid could get past that, he could say he threw a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, umpire you're talking about is uh, Jim Joyce, highly, highly respected umpire in Major League Baseball. I think I heard on. Uh, uh, another couple of uh, stations where they were talking about Sports Illustrated has done some surveys with the players, and this guy twice in the last six or seven years has been picked as they, what they think is the second by the players, second or third best. Um, so he's highly respected. He just blew the call, and afterwards, you know, some umps won't talk to the press and stuff. He was right out. He went into the locker room. Yeah. To the pitcher Armando Galarraga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apologized to Armando. The guy was practically in tears. He was very. It was odd to see an umpire admitting he was wrong that profusely, and and just to see an umpire that emotional. Yeah, you know, Galarraga said um, it, it. I think it hurt the umpire more than it hurt him, and he was the one who got his perfect game ruined. So oh. I was very surprised to hear that. Oh goodness gracious! The play was a ground ball to second base, pitcher covering first. So it was. It was a little bit of a bang-bang, and I could see when I heard it at first, I said, oh, come on, how can you possibly, possibly blow that call? First of all, if, it, if there's one out left, 
if it's close, you almost have to give it to the pitcher. Exactly. Yeah. Right? I, mean, I mean, hey, I mean, if he throws a perfect game, you're the umpire that gets to make the final call. You're gonna see that on sports highlights forever. So I mean, mm-hmm. gotta get gotta get famous right there. But in his defense, it was uh, the best way I could put. It, I guess an awkward looking play. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a you know, bang bang play. Yep. And, you know, where the umpire standing, you know, being a former umpire, you know. It's kind of an interesting angle, so you know you kind of think: Did the ball beat the runner? Did the runner beat the ball? It's, it's your pretty mm-hmm. much your judgment, but you know, go, looking back on the replay, he was he was definitely out by a good you know quarter so. Yeah, there's no question about it. And of course, umpire Jim Joyce uh, admitted that as much uh, when he saw the replay. You would think that it's going to bring up the discussion, uh, Jack. That you know, do you further replay in baseball? Right now they can, what, replay home runs only? Yeah, home runs only. You know, and that's going to open up a whole ball of wax. We can get into that if people want to. I don't know how you feel about replay in baseball. I've got a theory based on this play, but first of all, your reaction. You're a uh, young kid getting into baseball, following baseball. Replay uh, more of it, less of it, or keep it the same, home uh, runs only? Yeah, you know, I feel there should be a little bit more of it, but, you know, I, you know, people always get into the discussion too much replay, you know, slowing down the game, and I completely agree with that. But I feel, you know, home runs or any play that could potentially change a game, like last night, or affect a game, mm-hmm. you know, I feel if it's that close, you got to look back at it yeah. because you, you don't like to ruin someone's game, career, season, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it happened a lot in the playoffs last year, and, you know, you know, we'll see what baseball does, but, you know, honestly, I, I'm not really seeing – more replay in the near future just because I feel they're too stubborn. Okay, but but I see, I kind of agree, I think, where you were headed, where uh, the home run one thing is good. It hasn't slowed the game down too much. You don't want to see, I don't want to put words in your mouth, you don't want to see a lot of replays in baseball because it's going to slow down an already way too slow game. But right. there should be rare exceptions. Exactly, you know, like there, or a double play ball, or you know, guy tagged up from third, you know, something that, you know, the umpires aren't really always looking at, you know? Yeah, but but I would even add to that, it, it, not in the third, fourth, or fifth inning. Right. I think, uh, you know, keep it as it is, but I would add what I would call the ESR. Yeah. The ESR, the Exceptional Situation Replay. So we're not going to have replays, basically. We'll replay the home runs as it is. But you have to have a little clause, the old asterisk. I'm a big fan of the asterisk. You got to have a little little thing in there for a play like yesterday. The ESR, exceptional situation replay. The umpires can get together and they can agree and/or disagree. If there's a gray area, forget about it. Usually, if it's an exceptional situation, critical, call it a CSR, critical situation replay. It's going to be pretty obvious, and the umpires will say, you know what, in this situation, let's go to the replay. So, uh, and I have put my hat jack in the ring as a, a potential commissioner of baseball down the road. <laughs> I haven't heard a response, but I got to think I'm on the short list. Hey, you know, with that rule, you know, you never know. But, but uh, if I was elected commissioner, you would support that. I would definitely rule. support that rule. See that? I like Jack more and more. Are you? you That's pre- the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Are you free to come in and do tomorrow? So already, Jack agreed with me more than the big dog does. I like this guy. <laughs> Yeah, you could skip Missouri and co-host the show in the fall I, if you I want. Could, I could do that. All right, let me talk to your teachers. Speaking of your teachers, is your uh, now I know the Nutrier High School radio TV department is outstanding. Yeah, uh, you know it, it's up and, <laughs> it has its ups and it has its downs. You know. Okay, uh, and who is the coordinating teacher? Do you got some of your teachers listening to this program? I got a couple of teachers actually. The guy guy I mentioned to you, um, he's actually a student, um, but he's. Uh, 
kind of like the special events coordinator. He's okay. been very involved in radio. Mm-hmm. One of one of my best friends over the years. Actually, a very good golfer. Okay. Um, but you know, he always is he like the station manager. Sort yeah, you okay. could call him the station manager. Yeah. You know, they don't really have like official. But he but he's life. a fellow high school kid. He's a fellow high school, but right. he's very very smart kid. Yeah, see, I, I don't know him, but already I don't like him. <laughs> Potential, because I know David. You probably remember back in your glorious days at Lockport High School, right? Fine institution in Chicago's southwest side. Typically, the station manager, if it, when it's a high school kid, they you know they start to get the power trip and they take the job a little bit too serious. Well, yep, and he he does a good job of not taking it too seriously, okay. in my opinion. Now I'm uh, liking him a little bit more. Yeah, you know, but you know, uh, I did for a new try. I did the football and basketball games over there. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was a lot of fun, even though our football team is not good and our basketball team was overrated, you know. But you know, it was still a lot of fun to do them. You know, I got to uh, cover uh, Alex Rossi, a uh, five-star recruit heading to California, so that mm-hmm. was fun. And uh, But, no. Very know. cool. Very cool. Big baseball game, uh, too. And I know we don't want to talk too much high school sports here. Maybe hour number two. We can get into that a little bit because this is a, a webcast national show, but your uh, local high school is a big baseball game today. I will be out there. They're playing my community. Any chance you will be uh, at Niles West watching the ball? There game? is a good chance I will be attending Uh-oh. that game. Uh-oh. All right. So watch out. Yeah. I'm kind of torn because I, I got a nephew playing for Dutrier. Brian. Big Brian. But I live in Glenview and know all the Glenview people. So the bottom line is probably got a root. Well, I don't know. I'm torn between. Clearly, if Brian's pitching, right, then there's no, then it's no low contestant, right? Yeah. All right. But with bottom line is, we got some of your high school uh, class. Any of your professors, any of your teachers, you know, you can fire on them now because you are your graduate. I have. So I any mean, teachers you want to fire on right now over the uh, airway? By the way, we are webcasting. Really? So uh, there's a camera over there. Camera there. There's a camera behind. I think there's one on the ground that sneaks up every <laughs> once in a while. I try to. Like, <laughs> it's like you know those little pop a mole games or what yeah. do they call that game? Whack a mole. Yeah, whack a mole. Uh-huh. We have like whack a microphone which shows up every once in a while. I haven't got it yet, but I'm close to getting it. But uh, you are webcast, so uh, smile, uh-huh. wave to the cameras. Right. Any teachers you want to fire on? Uh, you know, I actually you know liked most of my teachers at Nutri. Yeah. Unfo- unfortunately, you know All they right. were good to me. All right. Well, you got an hour and forty-five minutes to think about it. <laughs> so if you have any second thoughts, again, you're graduated. Your transcripts are safe. Good time now to call out any teacher in a classy way, of course. In a cl- of course. But if there's any teachers that need to be called out, that's what we're here for. <laughs> All, right. All right. Again, our phone lines open eight 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 four six three six seven four. We're gonna get to Blackhawk talk, folks. No question about it. But uh, boy, that, that perfect game. A perfect game comes down to the final out, and it's a close play, and the umpire blows the call on the replay. Absolutely amazing and. Uh, you know, Jack, that's, it's going to go down in history, right? I mean, that's something that umpire will live with forever. Yeah, you know, initially when I saw it, I was like, well, I mean, he blew a call. I mean, was it in the fifth inning? Does it really matter? Yeah. Heard it was a final batter. I'm like, oh, God, that, mm-hmm. all right, that, that sucks for the umpire. What would have happened, and I know the rules say you can't do that. What would have happened if the umpire, they did huddle, by the way, the umps. Right. If the umpires would have got together and said, you know, this is an exceptional situation, Let, let's Check the replay. How much trouble would the umpires have gotten into? Would that have been completely illegal, or would the umpires have been credited, even though it's not in the rule book? Well, they made an exception because of the situation. Right. Twenty in history. I got to keep repeating that. History of Major League Baseball only twenty, and for some reason, Jack, this year there's already been two. Exactly. And this was almost a third, so it's the year of the perfect game. But yeah, uh, really. could the umps have uh, usurped the right? See, I think that's what they should have done. 
and done that. I don't know. Do you think they right. would have gotten in trouble? Maybe. I mean, that's not in the rule book, and I know the umpire's got to follow the rules. Yeah, yeah you know, they probably would have gotten in trouble. But, you know, you, they also could have, you know, the umpire could have just said, hey, did anyone see that better than I did? Yes. And, you know, and normally the home home plate umpire is, you know, you can kind of see it from afar, but, you know, sometimes he moves up a little bit, and, you know, he could possibly mm-hmm. say, hey, I saw he was out, and he is, well, actually, technically, he's not the crew chief, but, you know, I mean, he can, he can overrule him, I think, or the crew chief or whoever can overrule the umpire, and I'm sure uh, Jim Joyce wouldn't have minded that, so he could not have been, you know, the most hated man in sports right now. Uh, but the way he handled it afterwards, I think, uh, dropped some of the hate down. Yeah, Because yeah, he yeah. apologized. He was right out there for you, and... Uh, it was, like I said, it was uh, surprisingly emotional for an umpire post-game and apologized directly. We've mentioned Jim Joyce's name. We haven't even mentioned the guy that basically pitched a perfect game, Armando Galarraga. I'm not real familiar with his career. I'm not sure how much of a baseball fan you are. Pitches for the Detroit Tigers. They did win the game. He got the next guy out, beat Cleveland 3 to nothing. He gets a one-hitter, but uh, bye. Yeah. For Armando Galarraga, literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and missed by an umpire's call. Yeah, you know, it, you hate to see it. You know, this. I mean, I heard a little bit about this guy. He just got called off from AAA about three weeks ago. And really? Yeah. So, you know, it seems like a lot of these guys who get called off from the minors, they have one great outing. They throw a no-hitter. They throw a near-perfect game. And then they you never hear of them again. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Well, scouting reports get to the same thing with hitters. You see some hitters, uh, and hopefully Gordon Beckham is not going to be an example of that. Some guys who come in the league and they tear it up for the first couple of months, first three months, maybe even a season. But the scouting report, they will find your weakness. Yeah, exactly. And if you can't handle your weakness, they will continue to pick on it. So that can happen both pitchers and hitters. Yeah, perfect example is Jason Hayward of the Braves. You know, Mm -hmm. thought this guy was going to be tearing it up, 40 home runs, and he was for about the first week or so when he played the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And then after he started playing the rest yeah. of the MLB, people started to find find out the real Jason Hayward. Well, and but he's adjusting. True. He's going to be a yeah. – I don't think Jason Hayward's going to be a flash in the pan. Right, exactly. But I just I honestly have not heard a lot about him in the last couple mm-hmm. of months. But, you know, hey, it's early in, early in his career, and it looks like he's got a bright future ahead of him. So. Happened to me uh, very early, I think back in fifth grade, the hitters finded, uh, started to find out my weakness. It was, uh, I think I lasted two years of Little League, and basically it was uh, fastballs, changeup, curveballs, or basically any pitch ball <laughs> was my weakness. I think I had one year where I batted like 0 0 0. <laughs> very embarrassing. Good field, though. Decent left handed pitcher. There you go. Just couldn't. I needed a designated hitter back in fifth grade. That's what I needed. Fear of getting hit. I don't know if you yeah. played baseball back in my day. Fear. Of getting hit by the ball oh, was well, absolutely a factor for me. Oh, yeah. I got hit by the ball about four or five times in one week, and I just yeah. prayed that the ball would never, ever come near me. But, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to get over that and yeah. just assume that he's not going to hit you. And you just, you See, I, I never assumed that. My problem was I always assumed he was going to hit me. <laughs> so I was jumping away from pitches on the outside corner. And guys like that are thin like us. Yeah. See, it's not fair because if you got some meat on yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, the fastball, you got a little bruise, no problem at all. With guys like us that are fairly thin, and especially back in the day, you know, you get hit in the ribs. Yeah. It's right there for you. Oh, yeah. Ouch. 888-463-6748. We're going to get to your Cubs and uh, the Chicago White Sox. I guess we'll have to talk about the White Sox. We'll get to some baseball talk. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, though, let's get to the point in hand. Blackhawk hockey took on the Flyers last night. Great, great Stanley Cup game. Hawks lost. It was a great game. 
great game. Great, great game. More hockey fans jumping on board all the time. We'll talk some hockey with uh, Jack Washer, JW, the fine graduate of New Trier High School, about to become a Tiger of the University of Missouri, the Illini, the uh, border wars now. Illinois and Missouri? Oh, yeah. You can't root for Illinois anymore. Nope. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, might be checking in a little bit later, but right now, two guys at a mic, guy number two today, filling in a recent high school graduate from New Trier High School, Jack Washer, joining us, the pride and joy. Well, one out of two is not bad. Yeah. Out of New Trier <laughs> High School. we got lots to talk about. Mentioned the uh, Hawks Fire Stanley Cup playoff game. Our phone lines are open if you want to check in. Any Jack Washer fans out there, you want to give them a hard time, call them out a little bit, we're right here for you. That's what we are. We're public service, if nothing else. We're kind of like the Channel 11, public radio of sports talk television. 888 If you don't want to call and you want to send an embarrassing email, you can do that too. Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. David Olson, by the way, our producer, I believe today. He's not only our producer, he's our media and Hollywood critic. He's our trivia expert and our political expert. He's all those things because <laughs> we're basically too cheap to have any real experts. But uh, the Blagojevich trial starts today, correct? That is correct. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, your excitement level in following that particular trial. I really don't have any interest in really? following it. I just want him to... Put the guy away and be you, done with it because I'm want really, it to be I'm, I am really, really tired of him. Yeah. I really am. From a prurient standpoint, though, you're not at least a little bit interested in the soap opera that will be that particular trial? Well, the, the soap opera has been going on for how long, though? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's been over a year, hasn't it? I at mean, least. It, 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 yeah, it, it's just been going on and on mm-hmm. and on. It's just. Mm. But the, the soap opera now heads to the Dirksen Court building. I think the big dog. Uh, we'll be down there. He's very familiar with the Dirksen Court building. In I'm fact, sure he is. I think he's sure been in a few of those courtrooms himself, actually. Uh, but uh, James Jager, is that the judge's name? Um, it's close enough. Okay. 
So, uh, so he, he's the guy on the spot. And apparently, so. Blagojevich's lawyers are about as um, theatrical. Exactly. As exactly. That's all, this is going to be. It's the, a father and son team, right? Yeah, this is going to be beyond a circus. <laughs> it really is. Even more so than it has been already. Uh-huh. It's just, yeah, it's it's going to. It's going to be a circus. How about uh, from the young kid's standpoint, Jack, the talk in high school when it comes to politics and uh, the unfortunate state here in the uh, in the state of Illinois, is it disinterest? Do you guys talk about it? Is there talk? And if you guys do talk about it, is is it humor? Is it discussed a little from from a high school kid's standpoint? Where do politics fall these days? You know, I we, we talk. We I mean, kids in high school, they definitely talk about politics, you know, maybe here and there, you know, not every day, but, you know. You know, big story comes up. Hey, the Blagojevich trial is going on, or hey, there's a presidential race. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit, but you know, it's not you know it's not the biggest topic. But you know, mm-hmm. we're not you know opposed to it. And if he is uh, convicted, almost said arrested. If he is convicted, it'll be the second consecutive governor for the state of Illinois yeah. going behind bars. Hey, not, you know, not not a good history, but you know, mm-hmm. hey, we're trying. All right. Well, I'm coming. Let's see what we can dig up on Quinn while we're at it too. Get him <laughs> ah, there there's too. nothing to dig up on Quinn except uh, you know milk toast. And Patrick Quinn is a nice guy. He's our current governor. I would uh, enjoy having him as a next door neighbor. If he wanted to head up my you know local block party, I don't know if I'd put him in charge of the block party, but I'd feel comfortable with him being an assistant. The fact that he's governor of the state of Illinois is a little bit scary. But Pat Quinn and I, you don't think he's crooked, do you? I don't think he's crooked. I just think he's the wrong guy right. for the job at this point right. in time. I throw my hat into that ring also, by the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with, like, state's comptroller, uh, Jack. I'm going to be counting on you and your friends for some support down the road. But, I, you know, within 10 or 15 years, I do have the governorship in my uh, hindsight. Not hindsight, <laughs> in my foresight. So. Are you are you uh, voting age yet? Uh, I am. I, uh, See that? I gotta I gotta suck up the jack now. <laughs> All right. So next elections will be the first you can vote. Yeah. Very good. C O H N is how the last name is spelled. C O H N. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of dogs out there this year. Huh? I mean, well, that's why I'm running. Uh, that's why I'm running. I'm I'm gonna be the outsider. I'm gonna sneak in the back door. Again, I'm gonna start out. I'm you know I think governor's too big right off the bat. I might go state comptroller to begin with. So if the baseball commissioner thing doesn't work out for me, governorship, and if neither of those, I'll go back to a struggling sport talk host here on Two Guys at a Mike Show. Got something to fall back on. Good. <laughs> I'll talk to you next year. All right. Uh, 888-463-6748. Jack, the Blackhawks lost to the Flyers yesterday. A great game. Even though they lost, it was a great, great hockey game. Your thoughts, and I'm sure you're rooting for the Blackhawks. Oh, I'm a huge Blackhawks fan, but, you know, I've been watching every game, and, you know, they keep getting better and better. And, you know, last night, you know, Flyers got a couple cheap goals, in my opinion. You know, that one that was fluttering on the the goal line that was standing wow. vertical instead of horizontal, you know. And then, you know, the one that went off, uh, I believe it was Jordan Hendry's skate that went right to a Flyer uh, uh, forward, and he put it in the net, you know. But, you know, honestly, I feel... You know, in the long run, the Hawks are just too much. They're too deep, and they're just but they're better than the Flyers and better than any team in the National Hockey League. And personally, the only team I was scared of was the Detroit Red Wings, but unfortunately, they got knocked out early enough where we didn't have to worry about them. But you know, honestly, I feel down the road, no one could stop these Hawks. Well, I'm not as confident as you when you talk the Detroit Red Wings. It was more not their talent this year, but the aura yeah. of the Detroit Red Wings and all their championships. I, I agree with you. They were dangerous until they got knocked out like 
uh, in five games. But I, I don't know if I agree with you. And again, the hockey fans, you want to check in? Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. I've watched three games now. Okay, I am perfectly honest. I didn't watch a lot of Philadelphia Flyer hockey before these three games. A little bit and a little piece, but not much. But to watching these three games, pretty close. Yeah. Pretty, and I understand the Flyers are the seven seed and the Hawks are the two seed. The third period of game number one, the Hawks dominated. The first two periods were even game two. Pretty close yesterday. Yesterday uh, wasn't dominated by Philadelphia. Irregardless of the score, Philadelphia was the slightly better team. A little bit quicker, a little better puck possession. So I don't know. After three games, these two teams look pretty darn even in my old eyes. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Philadelphia, after losing the first two games and after probably losing game one, I mean, I feel they were in a little bit of desperation, and they kind of showed that, you know, and started playing harder and started getting a lot more shots than the Hawks. And, you know, I think until the Hawk, until they finally beat the Hawks, the Hawks were really going to let them just continue in that desperation mode. You know, definitely, you know, the hitting picked up in the second game, that kind of Carcillo against yeah. Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. sort of. He's, he's probably the most hated man in Chicago right now. <laughs> and And six days ago, five days ago, four days ago, nobody, including myself, even knew, did you know who Carcelo was? I honestly had no idea yeah. who this guy was. He hadn't was. played for like three games. Yeah. They'd bring him off the bench to, uh, and right, like on puck drop. Yeah. Right? Literally on puck drop in game two, he started a scuffle. Exactly. And now he's uh, most wanted in the city of Chicago. Yeah. I don't even know his first name. I think it may, could be Daniel. I'm not sure. Yeah. Let's just call him Gwen. Okay. We'll do that. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, let me ask you this, Jack. Are you, um, a long-time follower of hockey in the Blackhawks, kind of recently stepping on board. Where is the hockey love? And don't feel bad if you're a bandwagon jumper, because uh, at least here on this show, we got no problem with that. Hockey's gaining new fans all the time. Oh, I've been a Hawk fan my entire life. You okay. know, I've uh, been watching games. You know, they used to only have road games on, so I, I could only watch those games. But, you know, I feel what Rocky Wirtz has done, you know, ever since – uh, William Wirtz died, you know, may rest, may rest in peace, but he was driving that franchise into the ground and I feel his son kind of, you know, picked this franchise up out of the ground, and, you know, got some nice young players, you know, good coach and, you know, hey, they're two games away from a Stanley Cup. So. Two games away, but it's still going to be a long way to go. Philadelphia oh, yeah. pulls it out in overtime last night, four to three, quality, quality hockey. I mean, just great Great entertainment. The pace of the game is so cool. I put it on tape, by the way. <laughs> put it on tape, went outside, played a little basketball, shot some hoops, got some yard work done, come in, watch the game right through the commercials. You know, the, the pace of hockey is better almost than any other sport. And, the, and these, uh, you know, the games the Hawks have been in, uh, particularly the games with the Flyers, the intensity level and the all-around play. I mean, we're seeing great goaltending. You're seeing Open end play from side, you know, from end to end. You're seeing offensive fireworks. Uh, you're seeing hard checking. Oh yeah. So you're getting really the be- the best of everything. Great goaltending, physical play, great hits. But you're still getting that up and down the ice. It's just, uh, you know, without sounding too corny, everything a hockey fan could could hope for in these three games from an entertainment value off the charts. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel, in my opinion, you know, the NHL is back. In my opinion, you know, I feel with the rebirth of Chicago, you know. After, I think there was a lockout in 2004, you know, people kind of put hockey, you know, below NASCAR. And, you know, I feel it's, it's definitely climbed a lot back up, especially in the city of Chicago. And now that we're in the Stanley Cup, I feel I, I honestly cannot walk down the street without someone talking about the Hawks. So Blackhawks have indeed become water cooler conversation here in Chicago. Claude Giroux, I believe, is the 
pronunciation of the young man who scored the game-winning goal for Philadelphia in overtime about five, six, seven minutes in. I was kind of getting dreary. I was fading. Yeah. If that overtime would have gone about two, three more minutes, I would have gone exit on the tape, go to sleep, and then 5.30 this morning watch the champ, watch the uh, overtime before. But, uh, of course, they had one goal that they scored. The horn went off. Yeah. yeah. The horn operator, he was working OT, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. A couple of times, even before the referee signaled goal, he had that thing going off. Yeah. But they had a uh, – speaking of replay in baseball, they had a replay in hockey. Yeah, you know, I feel they do a great job in hockey, you know, and that – the goal they actually did count, the one that kind of was puck was kind of turned vertically. You know, I honestly didn't think they could, you know, review that after, you know, I think like after that happened, Hawks cleared it and like two minutes went on, finally stopped play and they went back and looked mm-hmm. at it, you know, and I, which I feel is good because you know, uh, you can't just stop play right there if, you, if the ref didn't see that the puck uh, crossed the goal line. But mm-hmm. honestly, I feel the Hawk, the goal that didn't was not allowed. It was a very fortunate bounce for the Blackhawks, you know. Like, that was right they, on the line, but the entire puck, puck has to cross the line. Right, and it just kind of yep. went straight across the line. Rule and, 4, Section 3, Paragraph 9, Article 54 <laughs> of the National Hockey League rulebook, which I was uh, perusing while I was in the washroom this morning. Uh, it is outstanding. By the way, great moment. How cool is that for a ref? When the game is on the line, literally, and he goes on the headphones and he hears from the replay guy upstairs. Nobody knows except the guy, that the scorekeeper, who he whispered to. Then he goes out to center ice. Yeah. Everybody's watching, right? Millions on TV, everybody there, and then he flicks the switch on his little waist up to get the, uh, on his waist to get the microphone working. And then he like pauses for a second. This ref last night was pretty Hollywood, too. Yeah. And then, you know, for the one goal, he turned around the goal and regulation that was replayed. Right. He turned around, did a little 180, pointed to the Flyers bench goal. And on this one, he did the old... No goal. Yeah, like the uh, same signal as an incomplete pass in football. Yeah. But that's got to be a pretty cool moment for a yeah, ref. That, that's probably uh, his dream, you know, yeah. especially... He should have done, like, you ever see Naked Gun where uh, Leslie Nielsen did one of those... Back, he should have, like, hammed it up totally. You know? <laughs> did a couple little spins, you know, a fake signal, a fake, and then give the real signal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that would fly in Philadelphia, though. Uh, good. Unfortunately, though, you agreed with the replay. It was it was a goal. It, it was definitely a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Beautiful, no. beautiful deflection too by Claude oh. Giroux. Oh yeah. I mean, unfortunate for Antony. I mean, I I love this goaltender, but you know, hey, well, I mean, and they said you know the Hawks were in the middle of a change and only had two guys in the defensive zone and the other two guys were yep. coming in, but you know. And the Flyers, you know, they capitalized mm-hmm. and they won. So. And any fans that did not see the game, if you know, you see four goals, oh, kind of a rough game for Anti Niemi. It was not, and feel free to differ with me, Jack. Any callers, 888-463-6748. And these are untrained eyes. It was not an off game for Anti Niemi. I thought he was outstanding again. And literally everyone, maybe I'm missing one, but I think every one of the Flyers' goals was unstoppable by Antiniemi. No, oh. It was none of them were his fault and he made a lot of if not terrific saves, really good saves. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, he would the goals he let in, he would make about 3 saves before then and and then finally a bad bounce would yep. go not the Hawks way and you know there'd be a guy wide open mm-hmm. open then and he would put it in, you know. I mean, you can't really blame Antiniemi, you know. Bad bounce off the skate, a redirect right by him, a puck that turn vertical instead of horizontal, you know, you can't blame him. The more you watch him, and again, I've turned into the uh, station's hockey expert here. I think I watched 
two regular season games all year and not even in its entirety. But I have become the hockey expert here, Jack. You just can't tell. Uh, Anthony Niemi, very, very good the more you watch him. And his flexibility, his reactions, his quickness, his demeanor, all very, very good. The other thing that hasn't been mentioned, he's really good. Really good. I'm a basketball coach of what I would call court presence. In this case, I guess you would call it ice spread, but he comes out of the net. Oh, yeah. And, and he's not afraid to do it in, in a non-panic mode. Better, I don't know, again, I'll say it, I'm the hockey expert here on the station, better than any goalie I've ever seen. Maybe that's a strong statement. Uh, but better coming out of the net and knowing where his teammates are, knowing where the defense is, staying calm, and actually making effective plays out of the net to set up teammates. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um you know, a good goaltender, what I found is someone who will, you know, they will be aggressive. They'll come out of the net. And, mm-hmm. you know, personally, the way to stop that is to put someone in front of him and force him back into the goal. You know, mm-hmm. if, you know, if no one's in front of him, hey, that goaltender should be cutting off every angle possible. Yep. And I feel he does a great job at that. And all the great goaltenders do it. You know, you know, back in the late 90s, you had like Patrick Waugh and Dominic Hasek or something, you know, two of the greatest goaltenders I think I've ever seen play the game. And, you know, I feel he kind of resembles them, kind of a mix of those two. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good compliment for Anthony. I mean, we'll continue talking some Stanley Cup hockey. we got NBA Finals on the docket, Cubs, White Sox, and baseball talk. We'll get off the sports page, too. We'll get into more of the college career of a uh, Jack Washer as well. Yes, David? And speaking of hockey, we have a hat trick, and I can explain when we get back. Wow. How's that for a tease? <laughs> Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. All right, we are back in Two Guys and a Mic as David Olson catches me in mid-apple. Thank you very much. You mentioned a hat trick real quick to you. I talked about uh, hockey goalie, Anthony Niemi, and how he's so offensive. I, I was famous in my soccer days, Jack. I would always encourage when I was coaching my goalies to uh, come out of the net. 
and actually like attack the other teams going. I still remember my son, little guy, like back in the second, third, fourth grade days. Uh, you know, in AYSO House League Soccer, you get these goalie jerseys. You know, they're, I'm sure you've yeah. seen They're like down to the kids' ankles. Yeah. <laughs> and I still have pictures of David coming out of the net with the ball, dribbling down the field. He's pretty good dribbling. He'd weave his way through people and moms on the sidelines. Better he can't do that. What's the guy? And there's my little kid with, with the shirt down to his ankles, weaving through everybody, the goalie, three-quarters of the way down the field. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. All right, 888 David, you uh, sent a tease in before the break. Uh, you said a hat trick, and apparently this is a hat trick. Of, of the worst uh, kind. Uh, yeah, yeah, of celebrity deaths. That's they always not, come in threes. Uh-oh. The first two. The first two was Gary Coleman. What you talking about? Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, great actor. Uh, and I'm Uh-oh. sad to report that oh, no, no. Rue McClanahan of the Golden Girls no! has passed uh-huh. away at age 76. No! 76? 76, She didn't yes. look a day older than 82. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. And you know who's a big Rue McClanahan fan? Who? The big dog Joe Rydwanski. Really? Yes. Rue McClanahan has passed away. That's correct. Moment of silence, if we could, for Rue. You ever see the Golden Girls, Jay? No. No? Okay. B. Arthur? Betty White? She's the last right. surviving one. The Betty other White? three are dead. Betty is still, even after that Saturday Night Live appearance, yes. she's still alive. Yes. Still with us. Yes. Okay. Wow. I'm shocked. Betty White is with us, and the big dog, Joel Rodwanski, is with us as well. No, come on. Yes. The big dog is on the airwaves? He is on the big airwaves. Big dog, I know you're broken up, but it's a very emotional moment for you with Rue McClanahan passing away, and the Hawks lose it. How are you doing? Yeah, it, it proves that I don't know Jack. What's up, Jack? <laughs> Hey, how you doing? No, I mean, really, I had all kinds of like, uh, like invigorating stuff to say was going to give a lot of energy. And now that I know that uh, one of my girls on the side is gone, uh, mm-hmm. I really don't know if I can go on, Coach. Yeah, it's a terrible thing to say now that she's passed away. But I was, you know, I always found her kind of annoying, to be honest. No, was she the old, supposedly the old one on the show? Okay. Was she the mom? No, 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 no. That no. was the, Estelle the mom, Yeah, she, yeah, she was. She's been gone for like quite yeah, a while. She was a feisty one. Yeah, well, you no, know, she was, and she was playing older. She was like the same age as the uh, the rest yeah, of them. Estelle Gettys, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, uh, I think we've spent way too much time on the Golden Girls, so we probably can move on to. Uh, 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 what an unbelievable day of sports! When last night, when that perfect game was blown wow. by Jim Joyce. Wow. It was one of those moments, and I'm serious, Jack. I don't know how much like of a sports fan you are. Or I legitimately will remember this 50 years from now. Hopefully, I live that long. You know, hopefully, I live uh, longer than Rue McClanahan did. <laughs> but uh, seriously, it's the the Hawks are playing in the NHL Finals, which I'm not going to take for granted, fellas. I, as far as I'm concerned, everyone's like we're going to go back every year. Well, I, all I know is that the Hawks are in them this year, and I'm going to appreciate every single time the puck is dropped after faceoff, whatever. Ken Griffey Jr. retires. Yep, we haven't and even got to that day, yet. He's not dead yet. He's not. Hopefully, he won't be in this. No, I, I mean we haven't even mentioned mentioned that yet on today's show. Thank goodness oh, okay. we have. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to mess well, up. Okay. We, we got a we okay. got a two hour show today, Big Dog. Plenty of time. Take your time. And uh, but I mean, uh, and then all of a sudden this Armando Galarraga thing hits. I mean, seriously, I will be able to connect all the dots. Like when someone's like, "This is the." Mm-hmm. 28, like 30 years from this is the 28th perfect game in baseball history. I want to, so just so Armando Galarraga knows this, that a legitimate baseball historian, every time somebody brings up how many perfect games are thrown, I'm going to say, well, actually, there should have been 29. Or what, seriously, coach, I will for the rest of my life. To everybody. Yeah. I mean, I really feel bad for that kid. And I feel bad, especially because of this. He handled it with so much class. Yes, he did. 
Both, both so umpire and player did. Uh, and Leland, everybody did. And every player had the right to yell at them on the field. Okay, so they were right. And then he took it like a man, and then he came out immediately, and he basically, I cost that young man a perfect game. I feel mm-hmm. horrible. And again, you again, to you got to emphasize, not a no-hitter. It would have been a big, big, big story in a no-hitter. A perfect game. The rarest. It would have been only the 21st ever since oh, 1876, man. Coach. Yeah. 1876. You know, and Big Dog, I was telling young Jack, there really needs to be, and I would have loved to see the umpires usurp the rule book, and I don't think they would have gotten in trouble for it. I think they would have been credited for it, in fact. They might have been real American heroes today, even with the passing of Rue McClanahan, which is just bringing this entire show down. But, uh, I, I, you know, I mentioned to uh, Jack uh, that when I am named baseball commissioner, and I expect that to happen in the next 12 to 15 years, by the way, you'll be my deputy commissioner. You're uh, first on the list anyways, unless you didn't. I hope you're talking to Jack and not me, because no, to be no. quite honest with you, Coach, if you're talking about me and I'm the guy behind you in the yes. next in line, I'm going to McBeth you. Okay, I'm going to. When you're not looking, I'm going to put a knife in your back, okay, because I'd want that job. Yeah. <laughs> Easy Claudius, or uh, who's the guy who stabbed Caesar? Brutus. Brutus, okay, yeah. right? Easy Thank Brutus. You, but yeah. here's here's what I think there should be. There should be, I called it the ESR, the Exceptional Situation Replay. Keep the replay as they are now, home runs only, but in the rarest of rare exceptions, ninth inning, critical, critical play, the umpires have the right to go to a replay via Commissioner Cohn's ESR, the exceptional situation replay. They should have done that last night. If they would have usurped the rule book and done that last night, good thing, bad thing, or somewhere in the vast in-between? Uh, that's, that's really – the only thing that they should have done, the only thing that I would have accepted is if the other three umpires on the field Joined in and was like, you know, he was out by but almost a full. See, I don't, I don't think the other ump saw it clear enough. Okay, that, other than that, no, I don't. They can't Why do not? anything about it, coach. I, they can't. What would have happened if they did? I, I just, I, I just don't think they should have. And maybe supposedly baseball is talking about it. Major League Baseball is actually meeting today and discussing an option. Yeah, but uh, as, what to do about it? Well, and, as, as well they should. But why, I want to go back. Why do you think? Uh, that they should not have just because of a little technical rule book. Isn't no, no, human common sense in this case take it's priority? It's not common sense, Coach. You're talking about umpires like usurping Major League Baseball. Let Major, let the head let let the head of state Bud Selig figure this out today. Okay? Yeah, but uh, that's fine. But it, but what I'm saying is it could have been done yesterday without any damage to anyone. Maybe a few uh, you know guys who invented the rule book. A couple of nerds with. Uh, you know, black glasses sitting in their boxer shorts and black socks might have been upset a little bit about it, but everybody else would have been perfectly cool. The referees, well, you know the umpires what? made an exceptional situation. They went to the replay. The fans go crazy. It is, in fact, a perfect game. I, I, I kind of want to move on to another aspect of it, but if it was me and I'm Bud Selig, I'd say too bad it's part of – I was like, you know, people should always mention Armando Galarraga, but the point of the fact is even umpires choke, and that's part of being a perfect game. Part of being a perfect game is the fact the umpires got to get calls right too. That's, that's that's just it. It goes mm-hmm. to show people get everybody gets tense when the perfect game. We talked about. Uh, uh, have you uh, do you play sports? Do you play baseball or soccer or anything? I, I play a lot of sports. I'm, you know, mainly a golfer and volleyball player. But you know, I'm big sports you, fan. Didn't so. you say you okay, umpire so baseball? Oh, yeah, I used to umpire baseball. All right, so, so Jack I, Jack's done some umpiring himself. Uh, big dog. And, and you've also golfed. So you've probably you've been in a situation in team golf where. Maybe your last hole is gigantic. You you feel pressure, whether it helps you or hurts you. You're feeling pressure at some point. 
Well, not only – Coach and I talked about this yesterday. Not only do the Phillies on the other day had to worry about, I don't want a routine play go to me. Last thing I want, I want something difficult so that way I don't have to think about it. Well, maybe the umpires, it's the same way. That was a routine play. All he had to do was pull his arm up and say you're out. Well, it wasn't routine. If you watch it, it was yeah, okay, not routine. Good point. It, was, it wasn't really a routine yeah. call. Good point. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. now, Jack, but he was out. Oh, there's no question oh, yeah. about that, and the umpire was the first to admit it, to his credit, Jim Joyce. Jack, in your umpiring days, uh, do you get any close calls, dramatic finishes, any umpires that caught, or any uh, coaches that physically accosted you? You know, I, you know, one, I have one, actually, that probably the best umpiring memory of my life. Uh, it was a bang-bang play at home plate, and, uh, you know, there's a, a very windy day, and the uh, guy throws the ball to home, catcher catches it, you know, clearly beat the runner, Runner slides in, and a bunch of dust flies up, and I, I can't see anything, so I'm just I'm waiting. And I initially call him out until the catcher gets up and the ball's under him, and I have to call safe because he didn't get it. And I have both coaches coming at me. I'm like, well, one of you got the right call, so I don't know why both of you are yelling at me. And because mm-hmm. the parents are yelling at me, and for, fortunately, you know, my assistant umpire came in, you know, kind of backed the coaches off, kind of backed me up, but, you know, that was probably the most exciting umpiring play I think I've ever had. That's a tough situation when you're, like, 15 years old and you got a couple of grown men yelling at you. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I I wish my dad would have been there for you, Jack, because the best way for me to put it, my dad was rather intimidating. People would not want to mess with my dad. (laughs) And there was a call against a team that I had in Little League, and one of the fathers got all sort of screaming at the ump, blah, 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 I'll do this to you. And my dad just stood up, walked over the guy. He's like, you even think about going to that up, you're going to have to go through me first. And I swear <laughs> to you, I, I swear to you, that up heard what my dad said. I swear to you, for the next three years, I don't think that guy called a strike against me. And then no matter what league I was in, that guy would I come up to the plate. I was like, all I have to do is look for a ball down the middle because everything else is a no. I got a, matter, uh, but, we got a big Pony League game Sunday night at 7.30. Any chance your dad is available to come watch and help intimidate? I mean, help watch and uh, cheer us up. <laughs> he was not intimidating any oh, us, by the okay. way. Okay, here's the question I have for you now, Jack. Now, if just say for some reason Major League Baseball comes in and intervenes, what will end up happening is the leadoff hitter for the Indians, this Crow kid, won't even have an at-bat or an out because it will be eliminated. That kid, Donald, who had the wrong call for him that hit the ground ball to Miguel Cabrera, will all of a sudden have a single taken away and then out at it. I don't think he'll mind. Did you happen to see the look on his face when yeah. they called him safe? Yeah, Did he you- was so – he he looks like, really, you called me safe? I mean, I think he <laughs> wanted the perfect game more than Galarraga. I feel Galarraga was the – I don't think he showed any emotion. He's like, all right, next batter, whatever. It's a perfect game, no big deal. <laughs> I mean, Donald just – he's like – I think he was like, I think he was, I, I don't know. I think he wanted to be out, personally. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought so, too. He legitimately saw the consequences. He's like, I'm going to be a goat the rest of my life. <laughs> He's like, I, I was out. Why did you just you know, call me I, I never, it's excellent you bring that up. I never thought of that angle, but you're exactly right. Uh, now the, guy, the his, guy's the anti-hero, and he didn't even ask for it. Did, did you look at his, uh, did you look at his, did you see his expression, Coach? I Everybody didn't. keeps looking at the bag in Galarraga. Next uh-huh. time you have a chance, look at okay. the expression of the guy called Faith. Okay, that's a great call. Yeah, he was like, oh, oh are you <laughs> kidding me? 
Seriously, he oh. just the first time I've ever seen a guy disappointed in the history of sports that they, did something that you're supposed to do or like are, wants to do. <laughs> they are comparing it to uh, one of the worst calls all time. And again, you feel bad for a very, very good umpire, Jim Joyce. Any of our callers out there, if you've uh, been part of from a personal experience or you've watched a professional or college game and you can remember a horrible, horrible call in a critical situation. You want to uh, give us a call and contribute on that particular topic, 888-463-6748. You can also email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, or the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. The Chicago Tribune today, uh, Big Dog lists, and um, Jack, you'll remember some of these. You might not remember some of these. They list some of the worst calls ever, including... Uh, are these just baseball coach? No. Mm-hmm. 1927, Jack Dempsey knocks down Gene Tunney, the famous... The long uh, count. The long count. Yep. Uh-huh. That's that's right up there. Soviets, uh, and I was very, very young, I think, when this happened, but uh, the Soviets beating the U.S. in basketball where the referee changed his call and gave the Russian team an extra attempt. You remember that? How about the coach? Let's, uh, let's be... Uh, they gave them two extra yes. attempts. Mm-hmm. One of the worst calls. Mom, this, mm-hmm. this happened in the Summer Olympics, 72. My mom said I was kicking ferociously at that time. (laughs) Seriously, she said it first. I was like going crazy while this was going on in in her room. United States did not, uh, if I remember correctly, Doug Collins and the rest of the team did not even accept the silver medals. No, they have never accepted their silver medals. Not any of them. Interesting. Ever. Ever. They still haven't. Now, another one involved a, was it a perfect game or a no-hitter? Milt Pappas pitching, Bruce Fremming umpiring, a pretty good pitch. Should have been strike three. Was it a perfect game or, or no hitter? Perfect. It was a perfect game. Two outs. Wow. Eighth inning, full, ninth inning, full count. And the ball was on the outside corner at the knees. They called it a ball. And Bruce Fremming said, I couldn't live with myself if I called it a strike because it was borderline. Yeah. And, and basically, the best way for me to put it, coach, is if you're a Cub fan who's 45 years or older, Bruce Fremming is a POS to all of them. Yeah. I remember watching him. It was absolutely brutal. So I guess the problem was his thinking was it should have been if it's close, I'm going to ring this guy out. If it's an obvious ball, i got to live with myself. I'm going to call it a ball. But you're thinking at that point, as the same thing in the first base umpire yesterday has got to be, hey, if it's if it's close, i got to go with yeah. the guy who's about to set the record. True. And, yeah. and, and, and that's the thing is Mil has pitched a, a no-hitter, and people hardly ever talk about it. Yep. Oh, when you but if I can name all the perfect game uh, pitchers besides maybe the guys the, the 1880 guy the 1884 I, I forget their names. But if you've pitched a perfect game since like 1920, I, I can name all of them. And, and you know, Milt Pappas is a Chicago Cub, and I still kind of forget that. He, the only reason why I even think about it mm-hmm. is the fact that uh, you know that there was a missed call that would have cost it a perfect game. That's what the guy lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, immortality, coach. Yeah. What, what, name some more of them. No question about it. Jack, there are a couple of more that were yeah, uh, listed, uh, some famous calls. Yeah, the Don Dakinger call of the Royals in the uh, 85 World Series. Similar play, actually. Uh, uh-huh. Guys out by a half step, ump calls them safe, and the Royals go on to win the World Series. Yep. And Dan Dankinger, Don Dakinger is a hated man in St. Louis. He's so. being interviewed today a lot. He got death uh-huh. threats. I mean, legitimate death threats from... You don't want to mess with, like, backwoods people from Missouri. Not at all, Jack. That's one thing that if you take away from the show, don't mess yeah. with backwoods people from Missouri. Big dog, you weren't here in the beginning of the show. Jack has just graduated uh, Newture High School. And, Jack, what school are you headed to? I'm headed to the University of Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Please, take this with you, okay? Please. <laughs> 
Take, take a tape of that and play it for all your buddies <laughs> down in Missouri, huh? It's not uh, backwoods in Missouri. Yeah. It's in a booming metropolis. Where yeah. is Missouri? In Columbia? Columbia, two hours, uh, I want to say west or, yeah, west of yeah. St. Louis. Beautiful, beautiful. I've heard nothing but good things about Missouri. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other, there's a couple others in there? Uh, my personal favorite one, going to Missouri, the fifth down for the University of Colorado. And this is, that was this recent, is, right? It was in 1990. It's probably one of my favorite, uh, you know, blown calls. Like, how do you forget what down you're on, you know? I've watched, you know, highlights of that, and you see first, second down, third down. Fifth down, there is no such thing as fifth down. And mm-hmm. you know, I looked at what what down they, uh, they like, replayed. It was second down. I was like, yeah, what is going through your head? I mean, come on. I mean, one, two, three, four. I mean, yeah. come on now. Someone had to it's notice. The, Jack, that's a, that's a great one to bring up. Coach, what happened was when uh, Darian Hagan, a Colorado, spiked the ball. Yeah. Okay. They didn't flip the down marker. Okay. So they show this. So it's actually, you know, the players don't look at the down marker. I never looked at a down marker once in my whole entire football career because I always knew what down it was. Mm-hmm. When it is, it says third, but it legitimately is fourth down. The Missouri players are all fired up. They're like high five. They're like, this is it, this is it. They make the play. They go crazy. And the Colorado guys are like, what's going on? <laughs> I, 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 it's, well, I don't, I don't get it. How, how hard was it to just call timeout and retrack your steps? You mean they couldn't? Was not that a correctable error? What, what should have happened was the Missouri coaching staff should have pointed out before the play, hey, you know what, you need well, to change nah, the – but that's, that, nah, it's too hard for the coach. Okay, well, you well, know coach, what, we you're gotta... exactly right because the, the game ended, they, they were yeah. awarded the victory, and then like later on that day they watched the, the game tape and they're like, oh, goodness, we nah, gave those got, guys five I got plays. issues with that whole thing. All right, we got to take a quick, quick break. Jack Washer in the house. The By big... the way, Coach, before you go anywhere – Colorado won the national championship that year. It's no so excuse. not only were they affected, other teams in the country were affected. No excuse. I'm upset. We'll talk about it when we come back. Hour number two on the road. Big dog, Jack Washer, producer extraordinaire David Olson. Stick around. We're back in two minutes and 12 seconds.